I'm so grateful for the Henning family, and I know you are as well, just setting the stage for us tonight and what we have in store for you. Because we believe that God is meeting with us and that he has something in store for us every time that we come together. I'm grateful for Daniel being here and playing. And I want you to do something. I, I believe that God honors kind of one word prayers, one sentence prayers. And uh, through this whole process, there's been a couple of people who you don't get to see every week who are making all of this happen. And I want you to just thank God for Brad Bass. Would you just say thank you, God, for Brad? And and thank you, God, for Eric Uplinger. Just, just thank the Lord for that. I'm so grateful for uh, the two of them working so hard. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate you guys. I know uh, through this whole process, everything's been changing. It, it changes all the time. Um, you see behind me that, well, behind me, that we have the elements for the Lord's Supper ready. And we're going to take that in a little while. Uh, but I wanted to just have a couple of announcements. Then I'm going to pray. And then we're going to look at the scripture together for a little bit. We won't be too long, but... Uh, I, I just got to tell you that the, the longer this goes, it really is true that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I've got to tell you guys, I miss y'all so much. I miss seeing you. I can't wait to see you. I was stop, uh, stopping by one of our senior adult homes today and just, just checking on, on them for a second, picking something up and didn't get to go in the house and, and just wanted to give them a hug, you know, and just can't do it. And I, I just miss that so much. And I'm so looking forward to today when we're going to be back because that day is coming. We don't know when it's going to be just yet, but that day is coming. You know, it's kind of customary for us when we take the Lord's Supper to um, take a benevolence offering at the end. And I want to encourage you to do that, to give online. You can do that. You can mail something in. You can drop something by the church. But, you know, the needs continue to be great. And I've just got to tell you, our benevolence fund has been a little bit like uh, the widow's oil. As she was pouring it out and using it for God's purposes, God just kept replenishing it. And that's just been awesome to see. And so we're grateful for that. So I want to pray as we get started tonight. And then I want to just talk to you for a minute from the scripture. And then uh, we'll take the Lord's Supper in a little bit. Father, thank you for this night. Lord Jesus, it's preparing our hearts for Sunday to think about your cross. And we lift up your name as the name above all names tonight. Thank you for the cross. And as we read and study the word tonight, sanctify us by the word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have a Bible handy, and I hope you do, I also hope that you have already gathered the elements for the Lord's Supper, and you say, well, what do I need? I don't know, grape juice. Uh, you need some bread of some sort, cracker, doesn't matter. Uh, we're all doing this the best that we can. Uh, and I want you to have your Bibles, because I want us to look at what Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 26. But before we do, I want you to think about what might have been happening that day and that night. Jesus has, has been in this last week of his life receiving adoration as he made his triumphal entry. We kind of talked about that on Palm Sunday just a few days ago. And here they've sat down, his disciples have sat down to have the Lord's Supper together. And as they're having the Lord's Supper together... All of a sudden, he's going to stop and he's going to do something that's going to be a little bit different. So they've already eaten. They've already had the opportunity to recline at the table. And it's at that point he says this to them from Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup after giving thanks and he gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is the covenant of my blood, which is poured out 
for many for the forgiveness of sin. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So here they were celebrating what Jews have been celebrating for years, the Passover. And all of a sudden, Jesus takes the elements that are at the table and he does something that he's been telling them for a while that they were going to have to do. It's weird. Jesus had told them earlier in the Gospels, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you don't have any part of what I'm doing. And now he's uh, giving them this object lesson And we've talked about the Lord's Supper recently, so I don't want to just spend a whole lot of time about why we do it, but just to refresh our memories, we do it to proclaim the cross of Jesus Christ. When we do this as the body of Christ, we're proclaiming his death until he comes again, and we're remembering something, and we're remembering what he's done in our lives, because Jesus said that he was doing this, that his blood was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And if you were listening at all to our Holy Week devotionals, you know that I was talking about uh, that without uh, the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. It doesn't happen. And I know it's not really cool to talk about the blood. We used to kind of sing about it. If you grew up listening to Southern gospel music in particular, you know that people talked about the blood. But let me tell you something. Every believer, as grotesque as it sounds to us, perhaps, and maybe you even have an aversion to blood, or if you see blood, it makes you want to faint, Every believer needs to have a love for the blood of Jesus because without it, there's no forgiveness of sins. There's no way for us to be cleansed from our sins. It just doesn't happen. And so for us tonight, it's a little bit of a somber moment because we're recognizing that Jesus is going to be betrayed and ultimately killed and rise again, right? That's what's gonna happen And so we're celebrating his death. That that seems like something so counterintuitive for us to do. But we have to celebrate his death if we're going to celebrate his life. I got to thinking about what this might mean for us. Because the death of Jesus leads to the emergence of our faith. That's really what happens. If you think about the emergence that takes place out of the death of Jesus. It's pretty incredible, right? Because Jesus is crucified on a cross between two sinners for crimes he didn't commit. He's crucified so that our sins could be paid and that we could be forgiven. It's not for himself. He's crucified for us. And as he's hanging between these two thieves, the weight of the wrath of God is being poured out on him. We're gonna talk about that Sunday. As he's being crucified for us. The wrath of God in all of its fullness is being poured out on Jesus Christ. He's buried in a tomb. And we'll celebrate on Sunday that he emerged from that tomb. The emergence of our faith comes when he comes out of the tomb. Conquering death, being raised to life. And as I thought about that this week and and thought about what that might mean for us, particularly during the times that we're facing and and the world in which we're living, I thought about it in a couple of ways. 
Maybe for you, the emergence of your faith needs to happen for the very first time because you've never given your life to Christ. You've never placed your faith in the one who died for the sins of the world. Now look, you can place your faith in a lot of things. And you say, well, what is faith? Well, faith is like a chair and you sit in that chair. You have faith that it's going to hold you up. You believe that it's going to hold you up. Faith is like that for us. We have faith in the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And in doing so, maybe tonight would be the night for the first time in your life that you would give your life to Christ. I wish that you would. I wish that everyone who watches this video would understand that without Jesus dying in our place, we are damned to eternal hell with no hope. There's no hope for us. Our hope only comes through Jesus dying on the cross in our place. So maybe it's time for new life to emerge for you for the first time. You know, I also thought about how maybe it's time for us to make a transition. Those of us who are believers. It might be time for us to think about this Friday, uh, this period between Friday and, and Sunday that we're going to have, as a time for us to allow some things to die. You know, it seems to me that the Holy Spirit is always using a divine scalpel to cut away the cancerous tumors of sin in our lives. And maybe today, there's something that, as we're talking about this, God pings on your mind or, or he brings up in your heart and you're just remembering that there's some things that still need to die. It's a great weekend for that to happen. I was thinking about that this morning and thinking about how I've just been struggling with a little bit of a divided mind lately. You know, just that my, my heart and soul have not just been fully where they needed to be. And every time we come to Good Friday, it's just a great reminder to get yourself in check before you take the Lord's Supper, just to look down at your life and just make certain that you're living for the Lord. And if there's anything that doesn't need to be there, that you just let the Holy Spirit's scalpel cut that away and let it die. Just let it die. Because maybe there's something that needs to be new in your life this Easter weekend. Maybe it's time for sorrow to be replaced with joy. And so what I want us to do, I want us this, this weekend from now until Sunday to really spend time thinking about what needs to just be set aside so that we could emerge Sunday worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth with all of our heart and all of our passion. And you say, well, you know, who would see? You know, I'm reminded of something. I was thinking about it this week. You know, you're in a house and you say, well, who's even going to see this? I don't know. You remember in the Old Testament, Daniel was known to be a man who prayed and people understood that he was going to pray and they could see him through the window, doing what he always did. Maybe it's your neighbors. Invite them. Let them see you worship from home. Let them be part of this live stream. Invite them to be that. Let them see you through a window. I mean, you just don't know who's watching. But I want us to be ready Sunday for whatever doesn't need to be here. Let that die this weekend because the resurrection brings new life and these things emerge in our life fully joyous, fully at peace, not with an anxious mind, not with a divided mind, but a mind at rest on Jesus Christ. I think it's time for us to emerge as a church again. And what do I mean by that? Not that we could be in the building together. But to emerge, this, this season of Easter should remind us of what we're missing here. 
And that the day that we can come back, that we fill this place again with our praises. And that we emerge as a church that's on point and on mission with a crystal clear focus for what God's given us to do in Nashville, Tennessee and around the world. Let this be a time of emergence for us where we're empowered with the Holy Spirit and we're excited about what God is going to be doing. And as we show up Sunday for Easter in our homes, on the live stream, I want it to be a time of emergence for us where things are coming to life again in us. This is a season of renewal. It's a season of growth. It's a season where the earth is coming alive again. And let's let our hearts reflect that. So as we take the Lord's Supper here in just a moment, I challenge you to go before the Lord and just ask him to keep you from evil. Ask him to expose anything in your life that needs to be set aside. And ask him to bring an emergence of your faith again this weekend so that when Easter gets here, we have something to celebrate. Would you bow with me in prayer? Get your elements ready. We're going to take the Lord's Supper in just a moment. Father, as we enter this time, we do so not with heavy hearts, but it is heavy for us to think about how much grace cost you. Jesus, we're reminded that it cost you everything, your life's blood. And we ask, God, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, that you would convict our hearts again. That we may be made clean by the blood of Jesus. And I pray that on Sunday what emerges from our church will be peace and joy and life as we worship the risen Savior. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, Jesus took bread as they were getting ready to take the Lord's Supper. And it's funny to me that, you know, we take these little squares here and it doesn't really give you quite the picture, does it, of what must have happened when he took bread and literally said, this is my body broken for you and began to pass it to them and to say, take and eat. My body broken for you. What a picture that is for us tonight. As the Lord passed that bread, we're reminded that his body was broken for us. Oh, what a sacrifice. And as he did that, those disciples took the bread and they ate it. This is his body. Take and eat. Jesus, we thank you for that precious body broken for us. We thank you that you went to the cross on our behalf. We thank you that as your body was afflicted, you were healing our sin sickness. As your body was literally broken under the weight of our sin, we thank you for giving up your spirit and accomplishing the work on the cross. We praise you, O Lamb of God, in Jesus' name.
What a strange sight it must have been for Jesus to take a cup that was at the table and begin to pass it and say, this is my blood shed for you. Take and drink. We're so grateful for the shed blood of Jesus Christ because it doesn't cover our sins. It washes them away. I'm grateful to have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And I know you are too. And as we take this tonight, we do so just blessed and grateful for every drop that was spilled was forgiving our sins. Jesus said, take and drink. Lord Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for us and cleansing us from all our sins. Father, our desire is for more people to know you and to be saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We plead the blood before you tonight, Father, because we know we can't stand on our own, but we thank you for the righteousness given to us through Jesus Christ who shed his blood for us. And as we go tonight, Lord, we ask you to allow us to go in the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus, and we pray to you through him in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope that this evening has blessed you as much as it's blessed me to sing these songs and to take the Lord's Supper. And I pray that it's you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the weekend, that you'll come ready to worship in your home on Sunday and ready for faith to arise and emerge and to be the church exactly where you are. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. God's going to do something great through this season of our lives. Let's be ready for it. Let's not have to get ready when we're finally able to get back together. Let's be ready right now. God bless you. Go in peace.